Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. I guess that goes in the front of that divine healing and health for today book. As you're turning there, for many years, the Lord dealt with me uh, to write books. I write differently than what I teach and preach. And uh, I'm very, uh, I, I'm very research and in, in study driven in the Bible, uh, but very, very much led by the Spirit. And, and, and I, it has to be a period, I took that book and it actually was several months, Divine Healing Health for Today, that I wrote that. But there's another book I wrote in two weeks. So it just depends, but you got to get into a flow. And I've been praying knowing that God wanted me to write these things out, but just something wasn't quite there yet. And uh, it's kind of like Dad Hagen said, it's like taking a bath with your socks on, so to speak. Just something wasn't there yet. And uh, we were staying with Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne in their, what you call a casita, in the back of their home there in uh, Marietta, California. And she came up one day and just wanted to talk to us. And uh, we were watching something on TV, you know, we're just chilling out or whatever. We turned that off, of course. And we were talking with her. And somehow we got on the subjects of books and things like that. And, and I don't normally talk about myself. I let my pastor talk. I'm not doing, I'm not blabbing everything, my revelation, this type of thing. I just want to know what's in her heart. So she didn't even know this about me. But somehow uh, we're talking about books. And I mentioned to her, the Lord had put in my heart to write books, but the timing just didn't seem right. And then she just kind of, and the anointing fell on her. And she just came toward me and laid hands on my stomach for that impartation of writing books. And it was after that that I finally was led to go ahead and write it. And I had that, uh, I, I had that impartation. Amen? Amen? So I guess I say that because some people, you start talking about your books and what have you, and they want to go write a book. Like one gal in our church wanted to uh, write a book on losing weight because she had just lost weight. And I said, okay, have you lost weight before? No. I said, no, no, no. Don't be writing a book on that. You're going to be gaining weight probably three, four, five times over the next years, and we don't want to know, you know, how you did it until you know how to do it right, and yeah. you can keep it off. And, and you, la you laugh at that. Sure enough, she gained it back. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, didn't pro I wasn't trying to prophesy that over, but I am a woman. I understand these things. Don't be writing a book just to be writing a book or because you think you've got to give your revelation. Let's, let's uh, listen to some people that have been around a few years have some revelation, and then they have impartations. Because I've told people over the years, uh, you know, don't just be writing books. Don't just be giving your advice. Don't be just, uh, be led by the Spirit and have the impartations. Be faithful to your local church. Be faithful to your departments. Be faithful to the Word over the years. And then go to your pastor and say, you know, some things are kind of in my heart along this line. And uh, although we don't try to be their, your big kahuna and tell you everything to do, we can help. You understand? Well, thank you for getting excited about that. All right, are you in Matthew? I gave you plenty of time to get there. 
Everybody smile at me for a minute. Yeah, you have nice teeth. You really do. I didn't see your teeth back there. I see a white mustache, but no teeth. Okay. All right. Maybe later in the service, okay? Okay, sounds good. Matthew 6.25. We just like to have fun. I'm just having fun with you. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, sir. If you want to get up and dance or anything, you know. Okay. I'm just saying, you know, every bit helps. Okay, verse 25. It, it won't bother me. If right in the middle of my sermon, you just get up and do a jig. It won't bother me a bit. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. So in verse 25 of Matthew 6, therefore I say to you, do not worry. And what I'm sharing here is really something that I read often in my own devotion. I many times will start out with this. And I'll be honest with you, it was years of Dad Hagen teaching on this and years of Dr. Dufresne going through the scripture over and over and over and over again and Pastor Nancy and many times I, I will uh, read this, and I'll get the nef- definition of it. And that's what I'm going to do right now. What's the definition of worry? I'm glad you asked. To be careful. To take thought. To be anxious. To be troubled with cares. To look out for a thing. To seek to promote one's interests, caring or providing for. And there's something I wrote down there. We become so consumed with our interest and what we need to do and accomplish and accomplish in our interest, uh, that we actually are yielding to worry. In that, if, if we spend time with our interests rather than putting God's word and fellowship first, then our assurance is affected. Our assurance is affected. And the blessings brought by faith won't effectively come. So we want to talk about how our confidence really is another word for assurance. It's another word for faith, how it's affected. And we can affect it negatively or we can affect it positively. And some people, uh, I'll be honest with you, they're waiting for their faith. They're waiting for confidence. They're waiting for an assurance before they really step out and receive from God. Or maybe they, so-called, we've already received our healing, but really we don't feel like we deserve it well how many know faith doesn't come by feeling i'm just saying but this is kind of what we do often we're waiting for some feelings like one lady said you know when uh when this traveling minister came uh, i saw myself getting up there and dancing and you know she had some issues with her legs where she couldn't dance i saw myself and i didn't do that well i you know when she comes back i'm going to do that i said dear sister you don't have to wait for her to come back God gave you a revelation to get up and start dancing during that meeting. Now you say, Lord, I'm sorry. She says, well, I've already repented. I said, well, good. Stop putting that experience, you know, you are already the healed of the Lord. Okay? First of all, did you know you don't have to dance? You don't have to do anything to be healed. You're just already healed. But if God deals with you, get up and dance, that's what you're supposed to act on. Well, just repent. You didn't do that that time, but don't wait for her to come back. What's the step now? 
What's the step now? And just call yourself healed and get up right where you are and do a jig or whatever. Like I, I was dealing with symptoms and I would get up several nights in a row, actually for some, some several weeks, and I would dance in the middle of the night. There were times I did not want to dance, but I would get up and I, for about 10 minutes and I just make myself dance. And I thank God I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And I'd get up in the morning and still be dealing with those and didn't feel like going, but I just went anyway and that it, it all left. Now, it was a period of about a year that I really stood on some things in that. And, but how many of you have stood on some things? Yeah. Dealt with some symptoms that, that came against you. And what do you do? Well, you get the word in your heart. Uh, you use the faith you already have, but you let that word force it out. You, and you grow in faith by speaking. You grow in faith by acting. Did you know that faith is an act? Faith is an act. In other words, faith is something that, that we act on. And it's either coming out of our mouth or it's an action of your body that you're doing uh, as a result of the leading of the Holy Spirit. So faith in your heart comes out of the mouth and it comes by actions of the body. Amen. 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 But our faith is so many times affected because we're concerned we're doing something wrong. We're overly concerned where we're missing it. Our faith is not looking at God's word and what he did for us when we're looking at what we've done wrong. You understand? Our faith is not working for us uh, and and. When we're not looking at what Jesus did for us, yeah. but we're just looking at what we've done wrong. Well, right. Right. yeah, but it hasn't been working for me. Yeah, because that's what you've been saying. That's what you've been believing in your heart. You've got to get that stuff out of your heart. Did you know that there's faith in your heart, but there's other things that can get down inside? How do they get down inside, Pastor Debbie? Well, you start saying, I can't do this. You start saying, I'm sick. Well, I, I am dealing with symptoms. We'll say, okay, I've been dealing with symptoms. But don't call yourself sick. I'm not trying to be, you know, your, your personal wordsmith. You understand? But why are you calling yourself sick when Jesus healed you? It does matter. And I get around people, and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Even some of the elderly crowd. And they're established in, oh, this hip is just never going to get better. But at church, you know, they're, pray the Lord, I'm healed. <laughs> well, say it at home, say it at church, just be consistent. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, say it anyway. And eventually, that belief in your heart, so you're going to be pushing out that doubt and stuff. Don't get rutted. Don't, don't speak out of habit. And too many people, younger and older, I'm not getting on elderly, I've just... I've, I've told the gal that's over our forerunner group, uh, you know, that, you know, 60 and above, whatever, which I am, okay. I'm not 60 yet. I just turned 58. Not claiming 60 yet. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody because just stick around and, you know, we don't retire, we refire, all right? But, but uh, stop speaking of what you learned from yesteryear. If it's, if, you know, mom and dad talked about the flu bug and they, you know, this is flu season and this is, just learn to say what God's word says and stop, stop being moved by what other people say or what you've learned. I, I, you know, erase 
that past negativity. By getting the word of God in there and saying what the word says. Not what you feel like. Oh, it just scares me to death. Well, stop saying that. Well, I don't really believe it. I'm just kidding. Uh, No, what you keep saying is eventually, uh, it's going to get down into your spirit. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Well, I'm just joking. You don't have to, you know, don't get your underwear in a knot. Anyway, (laughs) I'm just trying to wake some of you up. Move right along. Okay. I just said that to wake some of you up. Let's move on. In verse 31, I want to read that in Matthew 6. Therefore, do not worry, saying, do not worry, saying, do not worry, saying. So how you worry? By saying. And it is, as a result, what you've been thinking on. So if, if what you're thinking on starts getting down inside of you, you're going to start saying it. I would think on God's word and start saying what his word says and not what you feel like, not what you learned from yesteryear, not what everybody else is saying about flu season, not what everybody else is saying about the COVID pandemic. Moving right along. Therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. You know, I had friends that, are in the healing ministry and doing healing services. And during the height of the whole COVID thing, um, I'm not putting anybody down, but uh, I was asking them, so did you do a meeting? And she said, yeah, we, we actually did the healing meeting, but we didn't lay hands on anybody. I'm like, well, how would you have a healing meeting and not lay hands on anybody? I mean, did you rewrite the book or something? Because Jesus laid hands on people and he taught us to lay hands except during COVID for three years don't lay hands on anybody well what's all that about well just food for thinking all right all right did you rewrite the book I mean during the flu season I mean before too long it's going to be every time I mean mean, but Jesus he put his hands on his mother-in-law and that fever left fever Did you know that fevers are generally contagious in the natural? But he laid hands. What about the lepers? Was that generally contagious? Yes, he laid hands on those lepers. Well, I'm saying use wisdom. And I love Brother Copeland. We were in meetings a couple years ago. And uh, it was just when we were starting to get back in the churches. And he came to Pastor Nancy's minister. But still, you know, a lot of the COVID talk. And uh, there was a, he was doing a healing line and he laid hands on one person and he says, you have COVID, in Jesus' name, be healed. <laughs> I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> well, anyway, move right along. Did you miss that? It's like, thank you. He, he was just boldly, he didn't tell him to go home. He didn't tell him, ah, no, where's my mask? No, he, he, he laid hands. Not making, okay, maybe I was making a little fun, but you understand. Just trying to get the point across. I didn't say anything about your mask, okay? You're okay, all right? I didn't, I, I didn't say whether you're not supposed to get a vaccine. That's not any of my business, okay? I didn't talk about that. I'm just talking about Jesus laid hands on the sick. Because sometimes you bring up that subject and everybody, they just want to tune you out or whatever. We're just trying to talk about how Jesus ministers. And we're not rewriting the New Testament for people's experiences. 
No, we're having it during when we first started out, uh, and we couldn't meet for a couple months. But our governor governor knew that back in the Spanish flu era, that a certain precedent went across that they couldn't allow the churches not to meet. She knew that, and she said, we have to allow the churches to meet. Actually, my husband got together with some other ministers, and we had a representative that went and talked to the governor and reminded her that you can't keep the churches from meeting. And she says, you're right. And so she, so we were instrumental in praying and, and just doing the natural thing to stand up to that. But anyway, and because we needed, the, the church needs their pastors. And the church needs the word. And so during, there was a couple month period there that we were just live streaming. And I did a, a special healing school service before that. We live streamed that as well. We don't normally live stream that. And I specifically taught on uh, laying on of hands during that time. Just to negate uh, and let people know that we're still laying hands on people's with, people with fevers. You understand? And the fever will leave if you believe that the anointing went into you and it will, it will affect a healing and a cure. So if we're worrying that we're saying things, usually you can locate people. Notice that in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first. So really, if you read that in the Amplified uh, it says, seek first the kingdom of God in his way of doing things. Yes. His way of doing things. So, uh, righteousness is doing things right, but understand something. We are righteous, therefore we do things right. So you've got righteousness as who you are inside. When Christ came, in, and we're talking, you know, we're talking about faith and healing here. And we're, we'll get, uh, we're getting into our subject, you understand? You all here? Uh, so we are righteous. That's who we are. That's why we are the healed of the Lord. Because we're righteous. He gave us a new nature. It's a righteous nature. It's not an evil nature. It's a nature that's right and pure. In Christ, that's who we are. And therefore, we're healed. Uh, in our redemption, who we are in Christ, we have healing. We have forgiveness of sin. You understand? We, we've been redeemed from poverty and lack. We've been redeemed from uh, spiritual death, which means we've been forgiven. And uh, so what do you need? Just come and receive what you already have in redemption. Just like if a banker were to call you up or, uh, and say, you know, you've got money in the bank that you haven't, you haven't gotten into this account for some time. Well, I didn't know I had that. Well, why didn't you just give it to me? Because you got to come down to the bank and make a withdrawal. That's why. I was kind enough to call you up. and So that's what we're doing. We're calling you up. We're letting you know you got money in the bank. You have healing. All right? You have prosperity. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I couldn't pay my bills last week. Well, that's because you need to make a withdrawal. And you make a withdrawal with your faith. Because faith is just simply coming and claiming what's already yours. And you can ask in Jesus' name, or you can just claim it. So claim what you already have. Come and say, Father, in Jesus' name, I claim what I need. Whether that's healing for any specific area for your body, whether that's finances, you may need $500. Lord, I claim $500. Prosperity is a little different, so you tell the devil to take his hands off of your money. All right? 
if you're a farmer of prosperity, that's what you have to do. Tell the devil, take your hands off. Commission the angels to bring it in. Be a tither and a giver. If you're not, then that will negate. It won't work for you because why? Your assurance is affected when you're not tithing and giving. All right? It's all free. So let's go back to that scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. And in all those things is included healing. Now, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I just wasn't getting the subject. I mean, last night I sat there and I was practically falling asleep. It's like, okay, I'm going to bed. And I was meditating on some things. But I knew I was just going to be sharing out of my spirit today. So, so these things I believe that we're touching on are things that you need today. All right? Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Judge not that you be not judged. With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So don't be talking about people negatively. You know, there was something I said last night. I came to pastors and said, eh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that about, you know, that particular minister. Because I just want to be right. right. You understand? Right. Just want to be right. Be right. Uh, my heart wasn't to put anybody down. We were, we were talking about some things. Sometimes we can help one another. You understand? But, but we have to be right in our heart about things and not not uh, be judgmental toward others and act like we have it all right, they're all wrong, you understand? Uh, so we've got to make sure that our faith is not being short-circuited. Now, Pastor Nancy has brought out that your faith is like the pipeline, that the, the power of God flows through. So if anything affects that pipeline, the power of God's not getting through. You are the healed of the Lord, but the power of God can be affected when you're not walking in love. Because yep. faith works by love. The power of God can be affected when you're walking in condemnation. And really, if you're walking in condemnation, you're not walking in love with yourself. Right, right. You're not forgiving yourself. And part of your redemptive right is to be forgiven. Y'all look up here. Amen. Look up here. Don't be looking at the children. Sometimes they make noises. That's all right. It's okay. Um, but we are forgiven, and we've got to accept that no matter what we feel like. When I woke up this morning, I didn't feel saved. What does saved feel like? Hallelujah! And a bright light shines in the bedroom. And Well, if that happens to you, praise the Lord, but never happened before. When I wake up in the morning, I've seen some bright lights, but not usually when I'm waking up. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Well, so-and-so said this about me. Not going to matter. I tell teenagers all the time, you know what? The things you deal with in school and what so-and-so said about you, five years from now, you, you, you're not going to mean anything. So don't, don't let it affect you. It doesn't matter what they think about you. You just act like, whatever. You know, I love you, man. Whatever. You learn to let things bounce off of you. And if you get it inside and you've been meditating on it, give it to God. Start meditating on who you are in Christ and just choose to forgive. And just say, I am the healed of the Lord. I am forgiven. I walk in love. And just move on. Sometimes Pastor Jay and I, we get a little heated because your flesh is going to get heated now and then because you think you're right and he wrong. A lot of times that's the case. But I just, you know... Not always. I, you notice I'm not looking over here. <laughs> Can 
and I drive home with you, Kansas. <laughs> anyway, you think you're right and everybody else wrong. And your flesh, you know, and your soul getting all heated. You understand your emotions. And you just have got to learn to do something else. Just distract yourself with the word. Not distract yourself with the problem. Not sitting there and mulling over it. Go in the other room. I mean, go get something good to eat. I don't care. You know, go watch a good movie. Don't be watching trashy stuff. Don't yield to negativity. Do something and exchange it, you know, for what's right. For what's righteous. Uh, righteous acts are simply sanctification. Be ye holy, for I am holy. So you are the righteousness of God, but you've got to get that righteousness from the inside out. How do you do that? Speaking and acting. Not feeling. Speaking and acting. Doesn't matter what you felt like this morning. You just, Lord, I am the healed of the Lord. And it doesn't matter what you've done. You just say, Father, I ask you to forgive me. Recently, I was in Merced, California, and a young man wrote me a note, and the sweetest thing, he gave me a pocket knife, of all things. He gave me this pocket knife. He said, that's all I had to give you. I'm thinking, what's he using this for? But it moved right along. And he had in this note, you taught on not being condemned. Thank you. It changed my life. That was a young man because they're getting hit constantly at school with condemning things and suicidal thoughts that the enemy will bring to their mind, and we've got to teach them, don't go with that flow. Don't go with what the enemy's constantly bringing to your mind, what you're not, and you, you don't meet their expectations, and you don't look good enough, and you know, you, your clothes aren't right, and, and this and that. My friend, if you will just be confident in who you are in Christ, and just choose... It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what I'm seeing in the mirror. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling. I'm not going by condemnation. I'm not going by these thoughts. I'm not going to worry about it. Lord, I just give it to you. And I tell you what, sometimes I have pushed the limit on God's mercy. Anybody else? I mean, days gone by. And I'm like, Lord, I know I've asked for mercy for like, like the last several days. And he doesn't come in. I know. I mean, I've just expended it all. I, I don't have any more left, Debbie. It's, it's gone. <laughs> what did we learn last night? Oh, New. Oh, Every morning. Full. What, I wrote that down. What did you say last night? Uh, I wrote it down. It was good. But anyway. <laughs> full of mercy. I did not expend it all by my shortcomings. But when I just say, Father, I'm sorry. And according to 1 John 1, 9, I lay down sin. I lay down uh, unrighteous thinking because I am righteous. But, you know, you got you to gotta change this thing up here. How do you change your mindsets? You get the word of God in your heart. You get knowledge in your heart. And, and it's not just a mental knowledge. It's a knowledge that when you're mulling over the word and you're actually speaking the word, uh, whether you're in faith or not, you just say it, you say it, you say it, and then, and then faith rises. And, and you realize, oh, that's who I am. Oh, I am the healed of the Lord. But you got to say it first. And you might say, yeah, but I don't feel like it. Well, maybe you're not quite, you know, it doesn't go by feeling anyway. 
I just, you know, if I'm dealing with symptoms, I call my body healed. And sometimes something will rise up in me, the Spirit of God, yes. and say, you know what? You haven't been treating your body very well. You haven't been getting enough rest. You haven't been eating right. You know, you need to exercise. You know? That thing that you, you brush off your elliptical, get the clothes and brush off the elliptical in the springtime and you know because in the winter it gets buried under the Christmas brownies <laughs> but anyway we can do it and I, and I've lost weight before and, and I will again I won't tell you how many times I have or not that's I haven't wrote a book on it not going to that I know of but I can do it and I've had people come up to me and say I don't know how you did that. You, you, you look great. You know, I, I, I don't know how you lost weight. I can't do that. And I'm looking at them, and I'm looking around. How long have you been in this church? Like Pastor Nancy's church, somebody said that to me. And I know good and well that person's been yeah. involved in Pastor Nancy's, and I know they're getting taught. I'm like, you can't do what? <laughs> I can't lose weight. Why not? You know, and they're like, well, because, you know, my metabolism and yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, just cut food out and do some exercise and speak right things, and trust me, you're going to lose weight. All right, moving right along. I understand sometimes there's chemical imbalances and this and that, but you know what? There's a, there's a, uh, there's a law. If you don't get as much intake, uh, then you're going to lose weight. All right, I'm just saying, if you're exercising and you're not eating brownies and sodas all day long, you're going to lose weight. No, 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 Pastor. Okay. All right. And what are we having for dessert today? I just, all right. All right, moving right along. I'm just saying, but we'll, but we'll get off that because I know you all are loving that subject, but uh, we got things to move on to. Now, 1 John 2, 1 John 2, verse 28. Now, we'll hang on the chandelier a little bit tonight and do some things. It, it's going to, yeah, okay. It's going to be a little different, probably. And I mean, that if, that, if Pastor Jay still has it in his heart for me to minister, we're just flowing with whatever God wants. Now, Thank you, sir. Thank you. This is one of the subjects that we get the most comments on that have helped people. Freedom from condemnation. And con condemnation getting down into your heart affects your faith. It affects your assurance. Now let me read this in 1 John 2, 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Um, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. That's right, Pastor Debbie. I don't practice righteousness. You are righteous. Start saying it. Yeah, but I, yeah, but I smoke. You are righteous. You might smell like smoke, but you're righteous, okay? And just, just start saying, Father, I have the ability to put this thing down whatever addiction it may be. It may be pornography. It may be uh, smoking. It may be food. It may be I, whatever. 
It can be a number of things. We can look at something and say, oh, that's bad. But I tell you what, it, it, to God, he's saying you're righteous, yeah. but if you say, Lord, forgive me, he doesn't look at anything as bad when it's under the blood. Amen. You're the one that's condemning yourself. Amen. Condemnation means a damnatory sentence. God's not damning you. You are doing it yourself. Your own soul is saying, I can't do this. I'm doing wrong. But God's saying, I have made you complete. Amen. I have made you righteous. He's not seeing you smoking. He's not seeing you yielding to pornography. He's not seeing you yielding to uh, not walking in love and, and lambasting your spouse. He's not seeing those things. He's seeing you in him. He's seeing you under the blood. But let me tell you something. You will see yourself in condemnation when you're not speaking the word and when you're not looking at who he is, who you are in him. When you go into a house, you become really part of that house. You want a coffee, you go into the kitchen, you start using the coffee maker. You want to use El Bano, you go in the bathroom. You want to go into, you want to get some sleep, go into the, the bedroom and lay down on the bed. Utilize your surroundings. When you abide in him, you're simply using what you have, the tools on the inside, you're using them. But if you're standing outside and you're looking in, wanting it, and saying, I wish I could do that, but I just can't. You're living in condemnation and you're holding yourself from what you already have. You understand that? You understand that when you park a Ford car into a garage, no matter uh, what you do, it's still a Ford. Well, I'd like it to be a Chevy today. It's not going to be a Chevy. It's a Ford. I don't care if it's Ford or Chevy. I'm just saying, what did you park in there? But it, you, you got to get in it. Turn on the ignition. Well, you got to put gas in it. Okay? You got to fill up with the word and the spirit. That's like gassing your tank in the natural. Yeah. Or it's not going to go anywhere. You're not going to be able to use it. Put some gas in it. But uh, turn on the ignition, you know, open the garage door, back out. If you want to go to Walmart, you got to drive that car to Walmart. And it's a Ford. It's not. And you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You park yourself in the garage, you are righteous. Amen. But how many know you can't live that righteousness out? You can't unless you turn on the ignition and start saying something. That's Panama. Put some gas in yourself. Amen. Get in the word. You know, coming to these meetings, you are getting the word Amen. inside of you. Every time I sit in a meeting, I'm like, Lord, I'm allowing the word to get in me so that my mind can be renewed. And, it, and, and, and the good is pushing out the bad. Amen. Now, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. We're going to learn a little bit about Simon the sorcerer. and He became a Christian, but he had some things inside of him that Peter called him on the carpet. So Acts chapter 8, are you there? And in verse 14, let's start out there. Actually, no, let's back up. Verse 4. Those who were scattered, 8-4 in chapter Acts, 
Those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. So they heard and they did what he was saying. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out. Many were possessed. Many who were paralyzed uh, and lame were healed. And there was a great joy in that city. And then in verse 9, but there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery. All right? Notice that. He previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the last to the greatest, saying, this man is a great power of God. So he was drawing people to himself. And then he became, he, he became saved under Philip's ministry. All right? Now, in verse 11, and they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the, the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, including Simon. Then Simon himself all, also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. So he even traveled with him and sat on the front row yeah. and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. So we can sit on the front row. We can see the signs. We can see the wonders. We got saved. Now, there is a, there is a case of some of the things we come out of will come back and vie for our attention. But understand something. When you get saved, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new in your spirit. you got to renew this. And if you don't renew your mind very quickly, notice Simon sat on the front row. He heard the miracles. He saw the things, but he wasn't applying it so that his mind was being renewed. When your mind is renewed, it's getting down into your heart. Now, when you become a new Christian in Christ, you renew your mind and you develop your spirit. What's that mean? It's the same thing, but it's, it, it's not the same thing, but it, the same thing is happening. Now, you're growing up spiritually. Renewing your mind is like a renovation process. If I come in here and I say, hey, let's change out the carpet and put some new carpet. And then I come here tomorrow, it's like, oh, isn't this great carpet? Well, it's the same one. I mean, it's nice carpet, you understand? Not putting it down. It's the same carpet. You can't keep the old mindsets and expect not to get the wrong things back down into your heart. Your heart's clear. But your mind needs renewed. And if you don't renew your mind, then the junk, you're going to get, you're going to let it back through your mind again. And it's going to get down into your heart. And you got faith and you got love and you got peace. But I tell you what, it's crowded in there. And you're going to push out the wrong things. What's the opposite of joy? Sadness? Push it out. How do I do that? By yielding to joy. Push out the doubt and unbelief. How do I do that? Yield to faith. Speak. Peace. What's the opposite of peace? Anybody? Turmoil. Worry. There you go. Anxiety. How do you push that out? Thank you, Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Thank you. I've got the peace of God that passes all understanding that keeps my mind and mind and mind and heart. So start speaking. And see, Simon wasn't doing that. He was still meditating on the things that, had, uh, that he had lived in for years. And then when he got, uh, when he got saved, 
his heart became new. Spirit of Christ came to live inside of him. But then he started meditating still on the wrong things, not renewing his mind. And the wrong things got back in and started pushing, pushing out. And that's what's happening. We're walking around with a belly full. And what we need is a belly full of God's word and what the Holy Ghost is saying and act on that rather than yesteryear of negativity, of doubt and unbelief, of condemnation. You understand? How do we do that? Just simply get up in the morning and say, Father, anything I've missed it in, I give it to you. Today I'm focused on who I am in Christ. Start speaking the word. He who began work, a good work in me, he's faithful to complete it. He works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I am the forgiven of the Lord. I am the healed of the Lord. Just speak to that. It doesn't matter what you feel like. I am the healed of the Lord. Now, maybe the Spirit of God will rise up in you and say, you said so-and-so about this person, and it's affecting your assurance in that area. Okay, Lord, I'm sorry. If I need to call him up, I'll do it. Just, just take care of it. If you didn't say it to anybody, just say it to the Lord and just leave it alone. I tell people all the time, don't come up to me and, and well, I, I was thinking this bad thought about you. Well, I don't want to know. <laughs> don't want to know all your bad thoughts, okay? Just tell the Lord and yeah. repent and... I didn't need to know it, okay? But if you told somebody else, you need to go get it right. Or if you affected somebody else, then you need to come apologize to your pastors because they're going to have to probably fix it. You understand? Amen. Do what you know to do, but if you didn't tell anybody, just, you know, don't tell me. Move right along. I, I got enough to deal with. I don't need to know all your bad thoughts about me, all right? Move right along. Just get it right because I know you love me if you really knew me, okay? All right. Moving right along. Um, let's go back to verse 13. Then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs where he, uh, that he had done. Let's go to verse 18. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we just have to be right. We are the righteousness of God, but I'm talking about that uh, Matthew 6, 33 there. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. In other words, doing right, being right. In other words, allowing that righteousness to come out and being holy, being sanctified. Let's, let's not be talking about other people. Let's not have pastor for, for your roast dinner in your home talking about them behind their back. You understand? Yeah. Um, yeah, let, let's, let's not be, uh, let's just be right in our speaking. Let's be right. When wrong thoughts come to us, you tell the devil to shut up and get out of here. And if you miss it and say something wrong, just get it right. Don't meditate on that for a good week and say, well, as long as I meditate on it for a week, then I can be healed. Don't ever allow the enemy, don't even give him a second. It does not take one week to get right with God. It takes one second. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Now, he will show you what you need to do, but he heals on credit. you understand? Just get it right. Let's learn to be right. Let's lay down. Uh, and, and, I, and I understand when you've been around a family that uh, is quick, not, uh, they don't forgive very easily. Or when, when you're around people that are just putting others down a lot. Or, you know, 
Uh, you may have to separate yourself. I'm not telling you to get a divorce. Don't go home and say something. But you're going to have to separate yourself by maybe going in the other room at times or getting away from that negativity, that, that atmosphere. Let the Holy Ghost talk to you on how you can put your, be in atmospheres that are conducive for spiritual growth. We're talking about faith and assurance and confidence that affects your healing. It's not a works program. Verse 21. Peter said in answering Simon on this matter, have, you have neither part nor portion in this matter, talking about the matter of utterance or being baptized in the Holy, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues, that word matter means utterances, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Why wasn't his heart right in the sight of God? Because he was a Christian. He had let wrong things get back in him. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Peter answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. And people come and they want us to pray for them. They want us to do it. But my friend, nobody can do what only you can do. Amen. You just simply say, Father, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Tell your pastor. Tell others that you've... I'm sorry. Shouldn't have done that. Five minutes later, you do something wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Amen. Just put a sock in it, you know. <laughs> Learn. Make the changes. Renew your mind. Yes. Sometimes I'm just like, I, got, I can't be around anybody today because I really want a bad hair I want to have a bad hair day today. <laughs> I just want to, oh, I'm not feeling so good, sister. And I, I just need some extra, oh, I need some extra rest. And I'm not, oh, help me out. Come on, pray for me. No! No! No, you come to church and you say, praise the Lord. I'm healed. I'm holy. I'm holy and I'm sanctified in Jesus. Do you need some prayer? Because God hears my prayers. Why? Because I'm forgiven. All right. We're going to go to one more scripture before we close here. Is this all right? So 1 John. 1 John. Is this helping anybody? First John chapter 3. I'm telling you, somebody's going to get up and dance anytime. They're going to get the, they're going to get the revelation of this anytime. No, I believe you already have the revelation. But, you know, you wouldn't bother me. Verse 16, 1 John 3, 16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And that's not talking about, you know, taking your wallet out and giving it to every homeless person. It's, it's simply when God's dealing with you to walk in love or to be kind and this type of thing, or even to give something to somebody and you just, no, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I don't feel like it. 
You know, that's the thing that God's saying. We, we've got to deal with that. Yeah. We've got to deal with things that have gotten into our heart that we're hoarding and we're not doing what God's telling us to do. Yeah. You understand? But that doesn't mean, like we had a person on staff who uh, someone came and they were basically, the person that came, they were a scammer and they go to around all the churches and they're asking for money and they're asking for you to get them a hotel and all their kids a hotel room and this and that and the other. And uh, And we told them, no. They're a scammer. And he, he said, well, I already gave him money. And I just told him, I said, you know, you're on our staff. And when somebody comes here, you come talk to us first. Don't just be giving people money. You understand? I'm not your big kahuna. I'm not trying to say, but you understand, we've learned a few things. And I, can, and I could have told you they're not of the right spirit. And you need to learn that. Moving right along. So you don't just, you're not just giving your, your money away to everybody. You're not just asking everybody into your home and affecting your family with wrong spirits and things like that, you need to use wisdom. But there's certain things that God's saying, open your heart up to what the Word says and what the Holy Ghost is telling you. The Word's just very specific, walk in love. It doesn't mean you have to invite somebody into your home. You know, and you're not a doormat. So walking in love isn't, you know, coming and letting people uh, just slam blast you and this and that. You know, you may have to separate yourself from that stuff, and you should. You understand? Well, move right along. That was all free. Okay. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So God's love abides in you, but the thing is, are you using it? All right? Are you using it? Verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know, by this we know. So we start out with knowledge. That knowledge becomes revelation in our spirit. It becomes an understanding or faith's understanding of the heart. And then we apply it and it becomes wisdom. By this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. So that's faith's assurance of the heart. It's a confidence. It is a belief in your heart. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. God will not condemn you. He convicts you. He comes and says, this needs to change. It's your heart that is bringing condemnation, that's bringing a damnatory sentence against you. But you simply, you listen to the Holy Ghost, not the damnatory sentence. You listen to the conviction and make the changes. And God's grace is there to help you do so. For if your heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us. In other words, if you're not following condemnation, you're following conviction of the Spirit, and you're doing what He says, and that righteousness is actually coming on the outside, and you're doing what the Spirit says, we will have confidence. So what is it? Simply spoken. If you've missed it in any area, just say, I'm sorry. Get up. And, and I can do all things through Christ. Start speaking the word, who you are in Christ. You don't have to wait for a week. Just start speaking healing and health. You know, let me read this and then I'm going to stop here. But I, I do want to tell you one short story. Is that all right? Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments 
do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And people say, yeah, that's right, I'm not doing his commandments. His commandment is just simply, 23, this is his commandment, that we believe on the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and we love one another. Amen. Just say you're sorry, get up, Amen. speak the word, love one another. That's his command. It's not to gravel in the dust for a week or, or two months or whatever. So about three and a half years ago, four years ago, I started dealing, dealing with some very serious throat issues. And I, it, it was just lingering on, lingering on, just getting worse and what have you. And I, found, I went to the Lord, and, and not that I hadn't, but I'm like, Lord, this, this is not right. You know, it's not just that I'm a healing minister and I teach on these things, although it's a little embarrassing where you're going, <coughs> when you're trying to teach and minister, you understand? But, you know, you just do it by faith. Um, but the Lord dealt with me. Remember that root canal you had? I'm like, oh, yeah. You didn't ask me about that. You just kind of pushed him to do it, do it, and you just did it. Now, I'm not telling you not to have a root canal. I'm just saying the Lord reminded me of that, and he started dealing with me. Read up on this. So I did a little study on it and this and that. I was like, oh, my goodness. And come to find out uh, that my root canal was causing all kind of problems with my throat, my thyroid, different things like that. And I uh, read that other people had, had some issues. Well, I know I have a healing covenant, but we went back to disobedience. The Lord told me, you didn't ask me about that. And sometimes we just push our way through things or just, well, you know, we tell people all the time, they come to us, should we have surgery? Should we do this? You should go to Dr. Jesus. There's nothing wrong with surgery. There's nothing wrong with procedures. But what's Dr. Jesus saying? Okay? So me personally, the Lord dealt with me. Go, go research that. Find out. And I did. And then I went back to the doctor, uh, the dentist, and he said, well, I don't think that's the issue. And I already knew what the issue was. The Holy Ghost told me. And over the years, to be honest with you, I pretty much have been able to go to the doctor and say, okay, it's this. But I have it in my spirit to, you know, give me some antibiotics. I don't take antibiotics very often. Very, very seldom do I ever take antibiotics. But there have been a few times where I had it in my spirit to go ahead and do it. And then I take extra acidophilus and things. But that was all free, okay? Amen. But anyway, to build up the, the good bacteria in your system if you do take those. And uh, I just learned when I was younger, we... You know, you just took pills and uh, you, you took antibiotics for everything and then it breaks down your system and right. you don't have the good flora that you need, the bacteria that you need and stuff like that. So uh, I, I, do, I do differently today. And, and I know a lot more, not just spiritually, but also naturally the good things and, and supplements and things like that. So I went to the dentist and he said, I, I'm sending you back to the endodontist and, and he'll show you. So he looked in there, he's like, well... You know, I think it's all. I think it's fine. So he took me back to the dentist. And I said, "Take it out. Take the tooth out." You know that he did the root canal on. And he's like, "I don't think I need to." I said, "Take it out. There's, just do it." And he did. He took it out. And so he had shot me up and like a barrel of talk. I said, "Okay, doctor, did you, did you see anything of the tooth?" Did you see anything in the tooth? And he said, well, it was soft. I said, what does that mean? And he said, it means there was bacteria in there. Yeah. Yeah. You see, the root canal not supposed to have bacteria in there. You know, they sealed it all off, supposedly. Well, anyway, 
moving right along, that was causing all my problem, and uh, it got very serious. And, and I asked God for mercy, because I didn't ask him, I didn't consult him about it, and, I, and he healed me. But I tell you what, I'm just saying, I stood for that for many months before I received completeness in that area. Why don't you stand up? And the moral of the story is, keep your heart right before God so that it affects your assurance. Be led by the, uh, get the word into your heart. The simple word, not, not trying to look under every bush or where did I miss it here, or, you know, or, oh my goodness, I just can't do anything right. No, just, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. And then move on and act in confidence in who you are in Christ. And start saying, he's completing a good work in me. In, in healing, in wholeness. I'm forgiven. It doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter if I don't feel like I'm pretty. He looks at me like I'm the most gorgeous thing ever. Start saying that about yourself. And my friend, you'll start getting prettier. Amen. Don't, don't talk ugly about yourself. Whatever you need, that's the blessing of Abraham. We are under the blessing of Abraham. What does the blessing mean? Whatever you need. Whatever you need. Father, we thank you.